Shaken Up News, the podcast that always lands butter side down. I am your deliciously buttered up host, Fuzzy Dan, and joining me today is a man who, when asked to bring the curds, always responds, no way. It's Mr. Dirty Neutrum. How are we today, sir? I'm pretty good, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I, I don't know what a curd is, but yeah, fuck it. That was a sweet butter joke, man. Oh no, I got the butter joke. I, I, I heard you reference curd and went, yeah, cool. But... Curds and whey, buddy. It's a, it's a thing. Look it up. Google it. It's all churning and shit. We don't call that churning where I come from. <laughs> oh, duty. Well, look, I'm going to cut in straight away because we have a special guest with us today. Many of you may know him from his uh, own video game podcast called Video Game Small Talk. He's also described himself as a reformed video games reviewer. It's Mr. James Swimbanks. How are we, sir? Hello. I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm very well. Thanks very much. Uh, it's always awesome to have another video games podcaster on to talk video games. There's a few of us. There's a few of us, let's be honest. And these strange COVID times, there seems to be more than a few podcasts going around. It seems every man and his dog's got a podcast. There's like, there's no one to talk to or talk with, so you've just got to like talk at things, you know? <laughs> That's what podcasting is all about. <laughs> so James uh, tell us a little bit about yourself you you guys have your own video game podcast right yes that's true uh, so yeah it's me Hope Corrigan and uh, Patrick Lum we're all uh, freelance game journos um, I although you know me I've kind of gotten out of the game a little bit um, I used to write reviews for GameSpot and uh, do some other stuff for IGN and uh, a few other places um, and then Hope is all over the place you can find her at PC Gamer and GameSpot and Patrick works for The Guardian and um, yeah we just we've all you know worked in and in, in, in and around games for uh, I don't know a while now better part of a decade I suppose so uh, it just felt like the right time we kind of started started the podcast uh, I don't know what 18 months ago I guess and um, yeah it's been good <laughs> you know it's just it's good to have like that outlet you know as as you were telling me in the pre-show uh i know you guys do another podcast and it's good to have that outlet um just to chat this stuff out sometimes you know the writing stuff can get difficult after a while and sometimes it's just nice to talk and just like blah <laughs> you know yeah what, what what can't be written down or what can't be published can still be uh, voiced elsewhere yeah exactly we save all of our juicy stuff, especially for the podcast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now, I want to get to know a little bit about you as a person, James. We want to find out some information. Uh, can you tell us, give us a little bit of, a bit of insight. Uh, can you tell us what would be your go-to gaming recommendation for a casual gamer? Oh, wow. For a casual gamer? Yeah. Um, that's an interesting question for me because I'm into... A lot of real, like, in-depth kind of shit. Um, sorry, am I allowed yeah. to swear on this podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of have a bit of a problem with that. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I would probably. It would depend on the type of person. Like, uh, my boss, for example, is quite an intellectual guy, uh, and I once recommended for him to play The Witness. 
Um, and then, but then, you know, the game that I'm playing right now, I'm playing Hades and that's like, that's like the kind of game that I could easily recommend to someone, to anyone really, because it feels like, so pick up and play. Um, it would be games like that. It'd be games that like pick up and play. So something like Rocket League, something like Mario Kart, something like. Yeah. um, Easily accessible stuff. Yeah. Uh, or if I wanted to like, if I wanted them to, if they were actually interested in picking up a controller and going on like a two or three hour kind of experience i'd be like go and play journey or you know something along those lines um yeah (laughs) so i follow you on twitter and uh one of the big things you like to tweet about a lot is flight simulator yeah that's can you tell us a little bit about that one what's going on there that's kind of the big one for me at the moment i suppose that i've been thinking about the most more than anything um I've uh I'm not a pilot but I get like heavily into the simulation kind of things like I'm a big sim racer so um you know I get really into uh that kind of learning the nitty-gritty side of things without having to actually spend thousands of dollars to go out and do it in real life <laughs> um so you know exactly like oh god crashing a plane in flight simulator is actually terrifying when something goes legitimately wrong and you start spiraling it is it's fucked (laughs) i would say that now one of the things i did see and i was watching a lot of is um people were flying around in america and going after the hurricanes of a hurricane chasing uh when those big storms were going i did do that really yes i did (laughs) uh yes i did and it was weird at first because there was like this big there's a few weird bugs in that in that game um before they patched a bunch of them out in the recent patch but one of them was that the live weather which is there was a whole bunch of articles about um which uh if you don't know is uh it the game replicates real life weather using um using uh data from some like meteorological company that like looks after worldwide uh, weather mapping and um, they pull all of that data in live and then represent it in uh, reasonably accurately in flight simulator in real time which is fucking wild when you think about it and um, one of the and obviously when this hurricane was going on everyone was like holy shit we can fly our planes into the middle of this fucking hurricane and see what's going on and that's what a bunch of people did. And the first time I did it, um, I got this weird bug where, like, the live weather didn't work. So, it was just totally clear and couldn't see anything. And then I load, loaded out and loaded back in and suddenly it was just bedlam. <laughs> <laughs> I was surrounded by just insane, like, huge columns of clouds. And I don't know if you've seen any footage from that game or, like, any of the screenshots. Um uh, or if you're like, uh, if you're familiar with the term bullshot, it's it's like, um, it was a media a media term that used to exist mostly in the print days, and I suppose it still is around today. But it's when like you see screenshots come out that are like way butted up and look a hell of a lot better than what they actually do when the game is running. Um, this is a game that doesn't have bullshots. That like they are all incredible and they all look ridiculous. And, oh wow! Uh, yeah. This storm was just one of those like few one of those one of the few jaw-dropping moments that i've experienced in the last like few years of like heavy getting into like analyzing games and Mm. it was like oh my god this is ridiculous (laughs) i cannot (laughs) believe how good this looks um yeah it's a it's a hell of a thing (laughs) flight simulator is a hell of a drug (laughs) <laughs> that is a good way to put it uh, like i'm actually doing this ridiculous thing where i've decided i'm gonna fly uh like a small 
personal aircraft around the world. Yeah. Like to as many different locations as I can. I've only done two flights so far. I've done from Sydney to Auckland and Auckland to Queenstown. Yeah. And uh, it's probably going to take me like 18 months to finish, I reckon. <laughs> but I'm so determined to do it. It's like my latest just crazy idea. And I'm, I think I'm going to try and um, I'll try and uh, write about my antics somewhere. Yeah, that's that's an awesome idea. It's a, um, it's a stupid idea. <laughs> it's all right. You, it's you a can be honest. I know it's a idea. dumb idea, <laughs> but I think it could be pretty interesting too. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Well, that's great. Um, that's that's pretty cool. Now, have you got anything you're very excited about this year, like outside of Flight Simulator? What's like something coming up that you're really keen to get your hands on? Well, I mean, Next Gen's just around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, although there's not really much coming out with that straight away. That's all that exciting. Um, yeah. I don't know. We're kind of in the middle of video games happening again, aren't we? Like there was a bit of a lull there for a little while and then yeah. all of a sudden a bunch of stuff is hitting. Um, I don't know. You know, the funny thing with me is like th- this year, especially since like taking a step back from the writing, I've kind of just let myself be surprised by the games that are coming out. <laughs> um, this is why like Hades, Hades landing like last week coming out of early access was such a surprise for me because that game is just incredible. I don't know if any of you, either of you have played it yet, but it no, is not yet. very good and it's very much a game of year, game of the year contender for me. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's superb. Like the kind, like it's a roguelike kind of, um, mixed with, uh, their brand of, uh, interweaving narrative into gameplay and it's extremely clever, um, mm. full of super rich characters and, um, it's also the most approachable game. Like a lot of Super Giants games in the past have been a little bit all over the shop in terms of being relatable, like yeah. as to how you play them. Like I was a huge fan of Pyre, which, um, okay. which came out a couple of years ago and that was like my game of the year for the year that it came out just because mm. of the writing in it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is another one of those games, except it's a lot more relatable in terms of just picking up and playing it as well. It feels a lot like sort of Diablo meets... Um, meets oh god I don't know um, <laughs> it is it is actually very it is actually quite Diablo-esque yeah it um, looks uh, the way that it's set up it looks very um, it's, it's this dungeon crawler kind of thing that, yeah. but yeah there's lots of cool elements to it um, I got yeah. a, really into uh, a game a couple of years ago called Dead Cells um, roguelike Same. kind of stuff and that's you know, one of my Same. favourite games of the last few years so yeah, this, this looks very, very similar <laughs> This gives me very Dead Cells vibes. And oh, if good. you loved, like, I love Dead Cells as well. Um, and uh, that you'll get similar vibes from um, from uh, Hades, I think. Very nice. Awesome. Mm. Oh, that's great. Well, thanks for that, man. Like, it's, it's always good to find out a, a little bit about who people are. Um, and <laughs> through games especially, you can find Indeed. out. Yeah, you can connect and understand, you know, hey, they're like that. I like those games as well. Let's listen to that person's opinion. So it's pretty cool. can tell you a lot about a person, can't it, if they, you know, not not to, you know, begrudge anyone who just plays solely FIFA and, and Call of Duty because, <laughs> like, that's definitely a thing that a lot of people do. Those games fucking suck. Um, <laughs> but people who, into, people who are into video games and, like, into playing sort of different different things you can tell a lot about who they are by the sort of mm. games they like yeah absolutely well look um thanks for that mate like uh, we, we're going to get straight into the news now and uh and go for it uh because there it. is a, lot, a of lot of news this week and um there's some big stuff to hit uh before we do that though we do have to mention our sponsor we are brought to you by the culture shock collectibles who are they mr duty 
Uh, of course, you know who they are. We've been we've been given their spiel for what, like nearly two years now, if not more than two years for for noob. Uh, essentially, collectible store. They have hot toys. They have Funko Pops. They have uh, these new cool uh, Todd McFarlane. Those two words don't go together in the same sentence. But Todd McFarlane <laughs> figures uh, for the the DC uh, comic book universe. So there's the uh, Last Night on Earth uh, DC McFarlane figures that are coming out that look pretty cool. Questionable book. But pretty cool action figures, as well as they just announced a Red Sun Superman from uh, McFarlane Toys. So, oh, uh, there we go. You better bet that I pre-ordered that motherfucker. <laughs> uh, do you get into your collectibles at all, uh, James? Uh, negative. That is not uh, not one of my things. No, fair enough. It is a very uh, niche market, but I tell you what, there's so many cool things in there. Like if you, got, if you have those nerdy desires, that's the place to go. Nice, nice. I've got a bunch of Amiibo. That's about it. <laughs> I've got a bunch of Animal Crossing. At Amiibo. least they're useful. Like they they, they <laughs> serve a purpose. That is true. That is true. I, I live in a small apartment, so I don't really have like room to collect things, even if I wanted to. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you need the space and time. Uh, like Duty really has do. to dedicate an entire room to it. Um, I love it. That's so it. awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, CultureShockCollectibles.com for all of your nerdy needs. Now, news. Let's talk big, big, big stuff first. There's lots to talk about. The first one I want to talk about is Microsoft buying Bethesda. That was um, massive news. That was, that was, woof. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, Wolf it's is like right. the second. It's like either the second or the third biggest game video games acquisition in history. Yeah, um, yeah. I think behind like, uh, what was it? Vivendi buying mm. Activision Blizzard and oh yeah, shit that that is the same company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was something else, and I can't remember what it is. Yeah, someone was tweeting about it earlier today. Well, this I'll this one's yeah, this one's the biggest one for right now, and it's it's huge. So, if we're talking Bethesda titles, we're talking Dishonored, Wolfenstein, uh, the Elder Scrolls series is the big one, uh, Fallout, Doom, Doom, uh, and yeah, and there's a new game coming up called Starfield. Now, I don't know a lot about that one, but that's supposed to be a big, massive new game. Um, no one knows much about that one, to yeah. be honest. They have not <laughs> talked about it at all, outside of like mentioning the name. Yeah, and they um, the, apparently there was uh, there's all sorts of weird things around exclusivity deals now and the the timing around it, but it's it's huge. I mean, if you think about those titles and if you would think about them potentially only coming out on Xbox and PC, I mean that's that's massive. That's massive that, stuff for the future. That's absolutely massive indeed. It kind of really changes up the uh, the landscape a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, well, that, and there's one of the things that, like, you know, Sony's had a really good handle on uh, on, the, on their own properties for a very long time. They're real, you know, they released Spider-Man re- recently, God of War, they've, uh, yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn. They've had these big, big games that have come out and had them console exclusive. So if any of these titles you know, start doing the same thing, potentially that's a, a game changer for how Xbox is operating. Did either of you see the news that uh, Sony was apparently in talks to have to, to make Starfield uh, a Sony exclusive? Yes, I, I saw that as well. So <laughs> uh, apparently that was in the, the last couple of months they were in negotiations and then that just like got pulled out. So The arse fell out of that one, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but um, it's really interesting because there's a, there's a couple of games that are coming out uh, on PS5 that they've been advertising. So Deathloop is one that they've really rushed home. They've been really pushing that one 
pretty hard. Now that is a con- that's a Bethesda game, um, that's and the also new Arcane one, isn't it? Um, that's uh, it's kind of like it looks like Dishonored, but it's got this really sort of like you know the washed yeah, out vibes to it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes, this is that's the one that gave me like weird spy versus spy kind yep, of vibes, like it. a modern yeah, spy versus spy. Assassins, you're you're stuck in a time loop or something like that. Um, yeah. yeah. If it does give you dishonored vibes, it's because Bethesda is developing it using very much the same engine. Um, it's um, it looks pretty awesome, and that's been you know they pushed that really hard through Sony uh, to say, hey, this is coming out exclusively to PS5. Uh, also, Ghostwire Tokyo, which looks weird and spooky. Ah, uh, yes. So they they were they're spooky. both being developed by Bethesda, but uh, but they have been guaranteed to be exclusive uh, on launch to the ps5 so they've signed exclusivity deals around that to make sure that they're definitely still coming out but i would imagine at some later stage they will get uh, released on this xbox yeah if it's if they keep with um tradition then chances are it's probably like a a 12 month console exclusive yeah, uh, yeah before it comes to to xbox yeah, absolutely. But I mean, you think about it like uh, we just had the recent release of Doom, um, which is uh, one of Dirty's favorite games. <laughs> um, I mean, can you imagine like obviously you played that on Xbox Dirty, but how much that would be like a console shifter for people? Like that's the kind of game that people would buy consoles for. It was it was one of those things like you know I, I opened my phone in the mo- in the morning because it was they they announced the this you know acquisition the day that the fucking pre-orders went live. So, like, I was up at the fucking crack of sparrows to pre-order my console. <laughs> and then I've looked at my phone and I've gone, what the fuck? I've pulled out my fucking messenger and I've messaged G-Man. I'm like, hey, man, do you see this? And he's responded with, what the fuck? Because <laughs> he's, like, the massive fucking Doom guy. And he's like, yeah, it's owned mm. by Microsoft now. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's a huge big coup. I think they're, they're, they've got to be very happy with uh, with getting all those titles uh, exclusively oh, crazy. for them. Quake is owned by Quake is owned by Microsoft now. Mm-hmm. Oh jeez. Yep. <laughs> Could be more Quake. I would like more Quake, please. It'd be interesting. And we might get finished games coming uh, coming out on uh, for Bethesda, which would be great. Um, <laughs> it's. Uh, I mean, we're, we're obviously going to see them uh, first on Xbox. We'll get you know, exclusive content. They'll go to Games Games Pass. Easy day one. Games, games Pass, Pass is yeah. the other one. Yep. They and, have. Uh, yeah. And they PC have. PC launch too. They have already confirmed that. Yeah. That that all of these new Bethesda games will be out day one on Games Pass, which is just That's a huge, huge, huge like. What a crack over the head! <laughs> you yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, brutal. I mean, look, it's it's pretty awesome. I think that's that's one of those things. These are known quantities. You know what these games are like. You know, you know whether you like them or not by now. So playing them on the next gen under the new graphics and whatever else, I think that's a really cool opportunity for them. And I also actually think it's a perfect place for these kinds of games because, especially the last few uh, Bethesda, well, particularly Bethesda Game Studios titles, have been yeah. a, a little bug ridden. Yeah, and a little, little bit, bit shaky at launch. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, admittedly, they've improved over time. But uh, I think game something like Game Pass is the perfect place for games like that to cultivate and, um, you know, not to encourage, like, the releasing... Uh, releasing a broken game it's obviously always better when a game is working yeah. <laughs> at the beginning um, but uh, yeah I think 
given the scope of those games, there's always going to be technical issues with them. Um, yep. So I think like something like Game Pass is absolutely perfect for people to be able to try these sorts of things and um, you know games with games of the service uh, games of the service games. Yeah, just and Game Pass just totally mix. Oh, absolutely. And look, I mean, we've we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. We do love it as a service. Um, obviously, Sony's coming out with their own version of it at, at some point. Um, but mm. I mean, yeah, getting all of these titles on Games Pass, poor big big win for uh, for Xbox there. Mm. Mm. Um, let's keep on the Xbox chalk. Uh, we did talk about it. Duty touched on it briefly. There, the uh, pre-orders uh, came out, and day one was an absolute shit show. Jesus Christ, <laughs> quickest selling console in history. <laughs> now, James, I was following you all the day and I noticed that you may have Mate, had some difficulties. <laughs> what a fucking mess. What an, uh, what an absolute mess. So <clears throat> I had to go down the I had to go down the E B games route yep. because they've got the trade deal going on. Yep. Sure. Um, and that's kind of the only thing that really made it financially viable for me to be able to get one of these consoles this year. Yeah. So I was locked into that and um a lot of very lovely people were sending me links throughout the day to all of these other stores and, and <laughs> things and I'm like, Thanks guys, it's great, but I I have to get it through E B and of course E B somehow shat the fucking bed and <laughs> their their payment system just failed. Just failed miserably. And the only mm. people who were able to get consoles secured for well, mo- I, I say only, I don't think it was the case only, but a lot of the folks who were able to get consoles early were people who had store credit and oh, people, really? or people who used yeah, or people who used other payment types that weren't credit cards. Oh, um, that was what shit. shat the bed was not to not to get all like technical on your ass, but it was their payment API that fucking died, mm. and uh, it just stopped working, and so no one was able to do anything. And I was like, I had the thing in my cart like all like a few times, and was just no luck. It was an absolute mess. And I heard I was all like, sorts of all sorts of shit. Like people were um, getting double charged. Um, yeah, I definitely yeah. heard that story as well. I, I, I even know a few people who like had that happen. I think like you know Matt Houston, who edits uh, editor of Player Two dot net had that happen to him, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think Paul James also had it happen to him. <laughs> you know, there's a few, there's a few like a few journo's who've had that happen. Oh, that, I mean, if you're gonna piss off anyone, just don't piss off the people who are gonna talk about <laughs> it yeah. in a public forum. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's not good, but I mean, um, as Duty pointed out, like this sold out almost immediately. It was it was going like gangbusters. Pre- pre-orders and, and were go- live at eight o'clock. Sold out, I think, or, or like everyone had you know Facebooked and tweeted saying you know we're we're, we're halting pre-orders. I think it was like eight twenty-eight in the morning, so like twenty-eight minutes later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's crazy. I think um, it's. It, it's just one of those things like we saw with Sony they kind of just said hey things are happening now and everyone sort of rushed to, to catch up with it whereas Xbox had that you know they had a starter's pistol ready to go and everybody freaked the fuck out so uh, very yeah. interesting to see like the two different methods that they use to uh, to do these pre-orders but uh, I mean just, just chaos either way and it's, it, it remains to be seen whether most of these people will still actually get them on launch um, whether or not it's going to be guaranteed or if they're yeah, going I mean, to be waiting people waiting for their confirmations yeah yeah, yeah. so I think um, it'll be I, I don't know if a lot of the retailers even know their stock limits yet so it'll be very very interesting to see what's happening with all of that god damn 
New consoles, uh, eh? In the middle of a fucking <laughs> pandemic. What are we doing? <laughs> oh, what a shit show. It's the new toilet paper. Um, so, well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, good luck to you if you if you've already got one. Fantastic. Um, if you're uh, in the backlog for getting it, and maybe in the end of this year, maybe next year. Best of luck to you as well. Everybody wants one. It's going to be the hottest property, and fuck anybody who's putting it up on eBay for five times the price. Oh, uh, for real. Fuck all of those guys. Plenty of that happening. Oh, yeah, way too much. Uh, let's talk about some other rorts that are going on at the moment. Uh, Sony has confirmed that there's no free PS5 upgrade for PS4 Spider-Man players. Um, so they're bringing out a remastered edition of Spider-Man uh, to the PS5. Um, it's going to include, um, in the Ultimate Edition package, it includes uh, Miles Morales and uh, the original Spider-Man game as well for PS5. Um, but yeah, there's no free upgrade. And uh, I believe it's not getting a physical release either. Um, now, Duty obviously purchased uh, Spider-Man on uh, PS4, his, his Spider-Man machine. It's a Spider-Man um, machine and it doubles as a coaster. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you even remotely excited about the new uh, Miles Morales? No, no, <laughs> not really. Like, it's, it was one of those things like, you know, I have to run everything past, me, past the misses now. And I went, hey, look. There's a digital PlayStation for what was it like five ninety nine? I think it was going. Like, I could, yeah. I could get that. And she's like, "You get that, you're not getting your Xbox." And I went, "Well, that's not a hard fucking choice. I'll stick with my Xbox." <laughs> um, but like this, you know, from when they showed uh, uh, yeah, like actual gameplay of Miles Morales uh, uh, two or three weeks ago, I think it was. It just feels like more of an add-on DLC rather than a whole new game. And I'm just sitting there going, yeah. "Like, that's not a reason for me to spend six hundred dollars on a console for one." game that doesn't feel like a full game it feels like dlc add-on sort of thing it doesn't feel like a whole new thing um yeah so yeah well that was my that was my personal opinion at least um but yeah that's a that's a totally fine justification for not wanting to spend six hundred dollars i mean i can't just I, I, I can't talk james i just fucking bought myself a formula one simulator cockpit <laughs> that is fantastic i can absolutely relate to that as i'm talking to you from my racing cockpit right <laughs> was it a next level did you get a next level yeah i do actually have a next level gt racing cockpit. my man <laughs> wow we did talk about it last week, but I want to talk about it again. Uh, they released this thing. I think it was Lamborghini released a $70,000 cockpit um, for racing. Sim- it's, I, I, just go have a look at it, James. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it looks I mean, as you do, you know, when you're Lamborghini. <laughs> there, there, there is something as well you, you oh, failed to, me- to mention, uh, Fuzzy, is we went live on uh, Shaken Not Nerd's YouTube page and we raced some fucking Formula One. Um, oh, yes. And we're going to be doing that again Saturday on the Facebook nice. page, I think. Yes. Yes, we're going to try something different. Um, yes, we're getting used to it. We both went out and got uh, a racing kit. He got the full seat. I just got the steering wheel to attach to my desk. So it's what wheels start, did you get? Um, I got the uh, Logitech uh, G920. So oh, yep. And yeah, I got nice. the G923. Nice. So yes, so does the job, but the only problem is Codemasters, you know, not to diss Codemasters because I love my Formula One game, but they haven't added the G923 system into the game. So I've got all of these extra really? buttons that cannot be mapped. <laughs> Are you serious? Yep, it's not in the game. So I have to use the G920 setup and I can't, like, there's an up and down button and there's like a turn, sh- you know, a turn dial and stuff like that on it. I'm like, sweet, I can fucking change my fuel mixture and I can change this on the fly. And it's like, nope, those buttons aren't registered yet. God damn, that sucks. Yep. 
Yeah. And you've got like the, the fancy rev counter on there. It's got well, a rev right? counter in the middle of the wheel so I can see when to shift nice. perfectly and that doesn't work <laughs> because it's not registered in the game. Oh, that sucks. Oh, well. we'll have to get, Leave it for next uh, year, mate. It'll happen next are they, <laughs> are they ex Are they Xbox wheels or are you on PC? Yeah, it's an Xbox wheel. Yeah. Okay, nice. Oh, it's a it's yeah, it's a, it's a Logitech Xbox PC wheel, um, and when you yeah, turn sure. it on, everything so fucking on lights Xbox. up and turns on, and then when you load up Formula One, the lights just go. Pew. Oh, <laughs> Party. Party's so over, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, but uh, let's go back to the news. Uh, James, are you have you are you PlayStation? I'm not actually quite sure. Do you play any? Uh, I, I play I play everything. So I'll I'll play PlayStation every now and again. Oh, the last time I played a PlayStation was when. Uh, four guys came out but m- most recently i've been playing uh wasteland 3 on the xbox and yeah um flight sim on my pc no oh, yeah nice wasteland 3 great game it's been uh it's, it's a really fun one that one is good enjoying it very much I'm, I'm a big fan of the classic rpg style of games though yeah oh, absolutely um, all right, let's move on to the next piece of news here. Uh, this one was a bit of a, a shonky one from last year. Maneater, the classic game, the Shark PG. Oh, that's a fucking um, great game. <laughs> it's a one of a kind. Uh, it is getting an upgrade for the next gen, um, and it's called Maneater Evolves, and it has, I believe they're updating it with, uh, with ray tracing, uh, with 4K 60 frames per second, and a bunch of other graphical enhancements, which can't hurt because it kind of looks a little bit washy. Um, <laughs> James, did you uh, get a chance to play Maneater last year? I actually have not played Maneater. Oh, I've, seen, I've seen a little bit of it, but I have not played it, no. It's, uh, How it's is a seriously it? Is it fun? fun game. It, looks, it looks dumb. Like, it looks like, this looks like a dumb, fun game. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. So, um, if you if you're can into you RPGs take the shark on and land? sharks, that's the one to do. <laughs> can you take the shark on land? Yes, yeah, you can. You can flop around, and an oxygen meter comes up, uh, and that you know you can fantastic. upgrade your lungs and all that sort of shit as the game goes. It's 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 a great game, dude. Suss it out. Game of the year. Oh, it's my indie game of the year because I think it's a, I think it's technically <laughs> an indie game. Awesome. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes. No, this is definitely not uh, not your big bu- blockbuster game. It's uh, it's indie for sure, and it's it is a lot of fun. I do like it, and uh, it's exciting that it comes out to the next gen. Uh, if you do have it on the old gen, it is a free upgrade to the uh, the next gen as well. So that's pretty cool. Learn um, the lesson, Sony. Yeah, I think it's uh, look. It's a bit of fun if you've got. This is one of those pick up, put down games. So like, you can just walk away from it and not have to worry about it for a while. But if you ever need to feel like a shark, Manit is the game it's, for you. It's genuinely funny as well because everything's narrated by Chris Parnell, and it's just it's funny fucking hearing Cyril <laughs> Figus just That's going awesome. like narrating some fucking shit. You've just you have just turned my interest in that game up by about 10. <laughs> hey, man, I, I, I've done a video review on it. Go suss it out on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun, that one. So, yes, check it out, uh, Man Eater. Um, let's talk about some other games that have got uh, new trailers out. Uh, Division 2 Season 3 has a new trailer. Looks very exciting. Lots of continuation of story. Still in New York by the looks of things. Yeah, it looks like they learned their lesson. <laughs> Stay the Washington fuck away from Washington, D.C. <laughs> <laughs> oh, James, have you played uh, any Division 2 at all? I did get into Division 2 a lot at the start of this year. I played mm. it a bunch on the PlayStation 4, um, and it was fine. I don't play a lot of shooty games these days. Um, yeah. I used to play them a lot um, a few years ago, like a few years ago, and I kind of just fell off them a little bit. And um, sometimes I go back to them just, you know, because they're... 
uh, you know, a little bit like comfort food, like a dumb action movie, you know. And yeah. um, this was like, this is totally fine, but fuck, it's frustrating sometimes. Like, <laughs> I, I don't like these games that like dress themselves up in some kind of realistic combat, but then yeah. you you have to blast a dude five guy five times in the face with a shotgun before he goes down. <laughs> yep, it's you very know it's tiring. like <laughs> that that disconnect there just doesn't work for me at all, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm I think done. that's why uh, why Duty plays a lot of Ghost Recon, and he likes that because there is the the factor, and you can switch on like a realism factor to it, and it basically means that your you know your sniper rifle one shot in the head is going to act like that. It, it's pretty cool, right, Duty? Yeah, yeah. So it's they, they tried for Ghost Recon Breakpoint when it came out uh, this time last year that they 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 brought along a, a load of the division mechanics to the point where like you know bright purple lights were shooting out of dead bodies, going like, hey, there's loot to go pick up over there. Um, right. And now they've changed uh, Ghost Recon sort of back to what it should have been and what it should always be. Is that like doesn't it, it's it's a little bit of that Rainbow Six Siege mentality? Doesn't matter if you shot him three times with a shotgun. If he shot you once and that bullet hit you in the head, you're dead. Oh, Ubisoft <laughs> just making some weird decisions all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, they can't, it's a bit they weird. can't seem to find the right ground. They they don't really know what they, kind of they, flavor they want. <laughs> they just mix. They mix. Everything that they do all the time and it mm. is just everything that they've put out in the past and like sorry if I'm offending any Ubisoft fans here, but everything <laughs> they put out in the last ten years is Ubisoft the video game. <laughs> like everything feel everything tastes like it's come from the same like kitchen. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's, it's there's no variety there and it's uh I'm I don't know. That company's gone through some change recently. Yeah. Well, yeah. Some, well, they say they have, and it'll be interesting <laughs> to see if uh, any of the like newer games in the future just come out a little bit different. I think they kind of need that little bit of a refresh. Sorry, I keep like pulling you guys off track. No, no, I tend to do that. That's what the show's all <laughs> about. <laughs> we like staying off track. That's, that's why I host a podcast called Video Game Small Talk, because we all do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's how we roll. <laughs> Yeah, no, look, uh, it's, it's it's very interesting to see if they actually do, um, I suppose you say it's all the games come out with that same taste. It's very vanilla, like there's, they, they try not to offend or not push things too far. It's like, yeah, I mean, this worked for us last time, let's do those exactly. same things again. Yeah. Exactly, and, and anything that they do try feels very lukewarm and very, like, they're just kind of poking at the edges of what they've already done. And, and, and <laughs> Do you like, like this a little guys, bit? Like, take, some, <laughs> take some big, bold steps, like... You know, yeah. you like they can build these incredible worlds. Some of their some of their open world games, the worlds that they build are amazing looking, and they're they're actually some of them are amazing to be in. Like especially some yeah. of the later like Assassin's Creed games, those worlds are incredible. As you know, as as like long and arduous and occasionally boring that those games are, <laughs> but uh, they they have the teams, then they have the skills, obviously, to like craft something that could be really incredible, mm. and they just fucking don't <laughs> like <laughs> let your teams do something creative for once and do something different like stop putting fucking towers in your goddamn video games you know <laughs> well that'll be so you're excited though. for uh, assassin's creed valhalla then right <laughs> i'm actually not like i'm not even well that, that's it just, doesn't sound like it would be <laughs> I mean, they've just gone back to like the black flag style of thing, haven't they? You know, uh, where's Skull and Bones that they were supposed to be bringing out like uh, five years? Oh, ago? Yeah, that's that's, that's that's delayed for a while. I think um, someone someone else one is of those coming movies. out with another game, another game similar to it. 
Yeah, I, th- I think Skull and Bones has been one of those games that's it's like the movies now. It just keeps getting pushed back and back. It's you know, I it's think the we new mutants of video games <laughs> recently actually that it was being rebooted and they're doing something else with it. But like, Ooh. yeah, I don't know. That's, Do something that's different. Good. It's, it's going to be interesting because um, uh, uh, fuck, what's the game called? Watch Dogs Legion comes out October 29th. See, okay, there's a game that I'm interested in. That game looks genuinely. Different and interesting. Yeah. Even it's, though... Especially after Watch Dogs 2. <laughs> well, I, I didn't mind Watch Dogs 2. Did you guys not like it? Fuzzy doesn't like I... it because the main character's weapon was a fucking yo-yo. The yo-yo, <laughs> the yo-yo thing got me. <laughs> Fair enough. It's like, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, basically, that so... was his mentality of it, yeah. It was just so fucking hipster. That whole game was trying... It's like your dad's trying there to talk was, to you about being a hipster. It there was, was so a bad. lot of There was a lot of cringe in that game, but I had. I think it had a lot of heart, and I kind yeah. of... I think I felt a lot of that come through, but I do agree that there was... Especially some of the, like... Some of the more, like... Um, at, like, attitude, like, ratitude-heavy moments were just... Yeah. Edgy like, for being edgy, on, sort God, of sake. What the fuck are you doing? Come on. Well, it's like it's, it's, they've, they've announced that with Watch Dogs Legion that the character from the first game, Aiden Pierce, is going to be a recruitable character in, in Watch Dogs Legion. fucking dundas. Who, who wants that? I do. Who's not going to shoot Aiden Pierce in the fucking head the first time? I mean, I'll, re- I'll recruit him because I thought his trench coat was pretty fucking wizard, but... <laughs> I'd, I'd recruit him to take his trench coat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I'm looking forward to... To, well, I, like we went to we went to PAX last year well, when you could um, we saw Watch Dogs Legion oh, right. they did like an open demo and stuff and I'm sitting there going this actually looks like a lot of fun but Watch Dogs comes out on the October 29th Assassin's Creed comes out on November 11th alongside the Xbox I'm like how similar are these two games going to be are they going to play near identical but one's in future London one's in fucking you know Viking era I think it's in England as well at some points yeah. with, with that so like how similar is the gameplay and similarity is going to be it's, it's going to be interesting to find out isn't it uh, it's I mean you know given what we were just talking about with Ubisoft's propensity to kind of share their share their shit mm. um, <laughs> yeah we'll find out not too long to wait I suppose um, I haven't played either but I will admit that I do like the look of Legion very much I think that could do some very interesting things narratively um, yeah be a bold I, I, step to not have like a main protagonist yeah how, how the story is going to progress because it'll just be you know dialogue drops over the over a phone call while you're shooting a tank or something yeah, it's going to be interesting because, like, you're obviously going to be building a group. So, you know, how does the how does the group narrative work, and like, how does that all form? How do those smaller stories all coalesce to form a bigger one? You know, is that is that even how they're going to handle it? I, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of interesting things that they could do there. Well, they so ca- they we'll kind see. of teased it in uh, in Watch Dogs too, where they were, you know, it was big. It was a big group of people, but you only saw parts of their stories. So That's I think true. yeah, it's, it's more that that kind of vibe to it, where you know you have these individual characters and they actually build up the story together. So I mm. think there'll be some through threads which will be interesting, and yeah, it'll. I, I, it looks like like you say it has a lot of potential to be good as long as they don't fuck it up. So. <laughs> Well, the, uh, apparently they've, uh, Ubisoft has removed the um, the permadeath because, like, when when they first sort of announced the game, it was like, oh. if you're fucking around with a mission and you're doing a mission you you're either not prepared for or you you no. make a fucking mistake, 
your character can surrender and then you can rescue them from jail or you can try and sort of power through and you can get fucking killed. And apparently they've removed the permadeath because a lot of people went, well, I don't want to put, you know, 36 hours into making my fucking super spy a boss and then he dies. I'm like, well, don't do stupid fucking missions. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Like, That's the how much, thing How ever. much can you hinge on that moment? On that moment where, like, you're about to lose that character that you spent 30 hours turning into a fucking super soldier. How much emotion and power can you hinge on that moment? And they've just... If, if this is the case, they've just ripped it out. Mm. What it'll, it'll, either, it'll either be a toggle slider <laughs> or they've gotten rid of it, I reckon. I oh, really so hope that they've... I really, really hope, like, it's... It's difficult. I don't want to get like too emotional about something that we don't really know <laughs> that about. That we have that, that isn't released. If they if they have they have to make that a choice. Yeah. Mm. It's as simple as that. They have to make that a choice. And because the the narrative opportunities there are too good to pass up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, so the it's out at the end of October, yeah. October 29th comes out. Yes, I am very excited. I'm in between games at the moment, so I definitely need that to, <laughs> to fill the void. Uh, but there is one game I will be getting into this weekend, which I'm very excited about. It is the 3.0 release of No Man's Sky. Uh, the new release is called Origins. Uh, there is significant updates all around the place. They're adding, a, it looks like, a lot more variety to the universe. Um, and they've got things like volcanoes, um, new flora and fauna. They even have sandworms just in time for the new movie of Dunk. Um, so it's very exciting to see some really cool things happening with No Man's Sky. This is the biggest update that's happened since the last time they released across uh, the Xbox as well. So very exciting to see it. Um, James, I know you've you've gone through the patch notes on this one. Um, mm. It looks like some of the stuff they've added in here it looks pretty awesome, yeah? There's a lot, hey. Um, yeah, they like as you mentioned, they've added a lot of. Uh, they they say they've added a lot of different ty- uh, new types of uh, biomes and different types of planets. Um, they've added a whole bunch of new uh, like types of combinations of um, elements and uh, and creatures and things that you can find. Um, basically, they're promising like a a, a a newly refreshed experience. Plus, like um, they've increased the uh, amount of area that like mountains and mountain ranges can take up, so you can find these huge like superstructures now. Yeah, um, and they apparently you know they have got like buildings and they've got all sorts of different things like um, that combined with like some of their other recent content updates like they only added not that long ago um the you know the the dead um dead spaceships oh yeah uh, in which are like creepy as shit and um <laughs> uh you know and expanded a bunch of the base building stuff so you know no man's sky just can kind of continues to go from strength to strength and um origins is just sort of one of those updates that really makes mm. me want to go back again like i've got i've already got like a hundred hour um, old base uh, sitting on uh, this picturesque planet that I, it's been a few months since I've since I've been to it. So <laughs> seems like a good time to um, venture back. Moon and sky again, hey! <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Like this is the the twelfth major update that they've had since launch, and uh, amazing. I'm, it's it's one of those games. What a story. I was, 
incredible uh, I, I was incredibly excited about before launch got all in, on board the hype yeah it's going to be amazing and was yeah it was okay it wasn't everything they promised it is but now it is so much more it's uh, it's such an amazing game and definitely mm. definitely worth putting some serious hours into just to like just to be part of something and just see and recognize it for like the technical marvel that it is it's just amazing to do to see what they've done Absolutely. And like also that sense of exploration that it gives as well is like, is genuine. You know, it feels like you're uh, discovering things for the first time. And in many cases, you are. Like in most yeah. cases, you are going to be the first person to discover a certain planet or a certain type of creature and like that can be fucking really cool in its own way you know <laughs> yeah i think like one of the big things that i've i've noticed in playing it and putting in so many hours is that there, there's been less variety of things than i would have hoped for um mm-hmm. and you kind of have to jump you know significant parts of the galaxies and skip over so many things to see you know even gradual changes in the flora and fauna so yeah, it, it was, it would be nice to see the this you know more variety added into the game so that the potential becomes you know becomes more and it's it's really one of those games isn't it like the the with the size of it and mm. the kind of game it is um it has that potential to just keep growing you know as long yeah. as there's developers around to to work on it and they want to it can just keep growing and um that's you know part of its just ongoing almost limitless potential i suppose you know it's like part of what makes it so exciting is it's like oh my god (laughs) what are they going to do next it's such a it's such an interesting experience as well because it's one of those games that you could spend hours and hours just literally jumping through star systems or live on one planet and build a base and just be happy you know living in in one space like the the potential for you to do whatever you want at any particular time is is awesome so absolutely find a space that works for you and you go hey i want to be a space pirate today or i want (laughs) to i want to look for you know mysterious creations and things like that like it's it's a very cool element of that game yeah, totally. And I, I totally get what you were saying before about like how it's it's kind of easy to, after you've played it for a little while, to start seeing some of the moving parts. Mm. Um, and you that does that does happen and you do start to see like certain worlds, um, not repeat, but they there are definite similarities and you can see that they're sort of pulling from the same bucket of yeah. uh, <laughs> random bits. Yeah, I need a six-legged animal. I've got one over yeah. here that kind of looks the same. And it just it, it looks different enough to you know, operate slightly differently to be unique. But at the same time, you're like, it's pretty much the same fucking Yeah, cat I feel thing. like I've seen those bug legs before. <laughs> um, yeah, there is a bit of that that goes on. But, uh, man, more Nam and Sky is always exciting. <laughs> but, like, I mean, adding things in, like, you know, the the big new creatures, like, they, they literally have sandworms in this, and they show that in the trailer, which is pretty awesome. And the volcanoes Fuck. as well looks amazing. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think, yeah, there's some just some awesome potential for that. Is that enough to get you back into it, Dirty? Um, To be honest, probably not. Um, it's, 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 you know, for, for me at, outside of, you know, both nerd and noob, I'm like, I've got, you know, Mafia next week to to talk about. We've got Star Wars coming up and, you know, between those games and all the new releases, I'm going back and, you know, re-falling in love with all the Arkham games. And after that, probably not No Man's Sky, I'll probably find something else to take a look at. But, um, it <laughs> yeah, was, fair enough. I, I enjoyed it, but like, 
it's it's one of those things like like maybe it's not for me, but also maybe I need like an actual decent people to play with in regards to like you know like you know you you and five mates buy a copy of Call of Duty, you all play for a week, and then you slowly start dropping off like flies. I think you need yeah. a, a constant crew <laughs> if you're gonna do the multiplayer sort of side of it. And I yeah. I find without multiplayer that game is a, a, a little bit dead for me. Yeah, I mean, there's some cool uh, multiplayer elements to it and uh, the exploration possibilities, if you can crew up with people, is, is really cool. Yeah. Um, I think they probably lack with that um, with that multiplayer aspect, they really lack um, specific mission structures. Um, They've so improved that now. They've yeah. actually changed that in one okay. of the recent updates. Uh, if you've played recently since they've added the Nexus Hub. Oh, okay. Um, that's a place that you can go and they actually it's like a big player hub that is yeah. very similar to uh like the hub that they have in destiny and it's like any kind of big player hub i suppose but you can go there and there's a bunch of a uh, bunch of vendors where you can spend credits and buy like upgrades for your ship or your suit or whatever but you mm. can also collect uh these big group multiplayer missions and like people from either nearby can join you on this if you have your group open or like or it could just be your friends only and you're only your group yeah. but then you share the rewards and you go out into the into the galaxy and and do the missions together and then share all the rewards okay yeah, yeah I, i've part, seen like, it but that, I've, that I've game not has just it. grown yeah so that's well that's that's exactly what that um okay. what that does now and uh it works like it works as you would expect it would you know it it's um it's all like done in universe so it's like a part of the uh the atlas that you fly yeah. into um <clears throat> yeah and uh, no sorry it's part of the of um the uh the anomaly that you can call anywhere while you're in space sure um, yeah yeah and uh yeah and that's uh one i think that was a, an update that they did like maybe 12 months ago or 18 i don't know the timeline eludes me because they have done <laughs> like you said it was like 12 updates are you kidding? yeah this is this is the 12th major <laughs> update they've had it's huge it's awesome yeah. I mean, the, the commitment to making this game better has been amazing. And I, I always love watching um, Sean Murray on Twitter just before a release comes through because he just he's starts tweeting random shit. And it's gets just very it, excited. He gets very he? excited. And he's a very excitable man. You can see why, like, he got had so much hype around him to start with because he really does love and sell his product really well. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome to see him uh, his, do his thing. Totally. Uh, but there you go. So yeah, No Man's Sky Origins. I believe it's out now. Um, I've just updated that on the uh, the PC today, uh, so I'll be playing that this weekend, giving it a look through and uh, seeing what's changed. It's uh, I'm very excited to get back there. Um, now let's move on. Now, Duty, you've been playing some stuff over the last couple of weeks, mate. You've been playing the latest update for Rainbow Six Siege. Tell us all about it. What's going on? What do we need to know? Yeah, so um, you know, just like you know, before the lockdowns began, before the Rona, we uh, they they announced you know Rainbow Six Siege is, is doing the year five uh, DLC launch. So every year, Rainbow Six Siege uh, will do uh, a sort of a, a yearly games pass, if you will. That costs like sixty bucks off the top of my head, um, and they'll give you new operators. They'll give you some uh, some sort of discounts for currency and all this sort of stuff like that. And the new operators are, are ways that fundamentally change both attacking and defending sides of the game. So um, I don't know, James, if you're familiar with Siege or if our listeners aren't familiar with Siege, but it's a so, sort of a first-person shooter, turn-based sort of style shooting. Not turn-based, but, you know, there's attacking side, there's a defending side. You sort of either attack or defend. Um, but the, the latest op- operation is in year five. This is the third out of fourth operation, I believe, for the year called uh, Operation Shadow Legacy. 
And the, the big draw card for this um, is that the, we're only having one new operator and we've never had that before. It's always two operators, whether they're attacker and defender or two attackers. And the one new operator is Sam Fisher from the Splinter Cell series. And <laughs> he is a bit of a, a personally a wasted opportunity. Um, <laughs> no, of course he is. So um, <laughs> it's, it's, they've, they've not only have they just done the one operator and then called it a day, but they've done a complete rework of the attachment in regards to sight. So all the scopes have been redone and reworked. Um, so previously, you know, used to have uh, the ACOG scope, which is, you know, a, a pretty, you know, handy and useful scope that certain defenders would be able to use to sort of peek out of the, out of the, out of the map and sort of shoot people as soon as they spawn into the round. And then they're out of the round for the, the rest of the game. Um, so they've essentially sort of reworked all the scopes going, okay, cool. Those scopes are too fucking powerful for defenders. Let's take them away. Let's give them a 1.5 zoom instead of a, you know, three point zoom and stuff like that. Um, so they've, they've completely remastered all the scopes, uh, which I found pretty useful. Um, they've given a new attachment for hard breaches. So if the defenders are defending around, they can, uh, reinforce walls so no one can break through the walls. Uh, and they've essentially created this new attachment that some operators can use to blow a hole into these um, reinforced walls if the team isn't using a hard breaching uh, attacker like Thermite or Ace and stuff like that. But the big thing, of course, is Sam Fisher, and he kind of fucking sucks. Um, I've been, I play a lot of Siege uh, uh, on the PC at the moment, uh, or for the past year I've been playing on the PC with uh, with G-Man and, and his crew, and um, he personally loves, uh, or not loves, but he thinks Sam Fisher is quite useful, but I think he's pretty shit. His, every character's got their own special ability, uh, ability, like, you know, they can heal each other or they can, you know, throw special mines out and stuff like that. Sam Fisher's special ability is he has this special gun that shoots sticky cameras onto walls uh, or through reinforced walls, and they can be used to fire a single laser out of the camera to potentially destroy a defender's gadget, like, you know, a, like a battery that charges the wall or something like that. Hmm. And on paper, it sounds good. But it does. It sounds interesting on paper. I'm curious <laughs> to know what. Like, I'm curious to know how it works in practice, though. And I said this in my video, but you know, Jimmy Fallon having a talk show probably sounded good on paper as well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the level of, of of the way this character works. So he's got the special gun. He can shoot four cameras out of it, and then he's out. He's completely wasted his his gadget. Every time you fire a camera out of the gun, it makes that iconic splinter cell goggle noise, which fantastic noise. It's iconic. It's beautiful. Great. It also alerts everyone on the enemy team. Hey, there's a camera around here that's just activated because um, I can hear the splinter cell noise. So you go, fuck. All right, cool. There's a camera around here. When the camera is being used, it flickers. It, it, it's a fucking strobe light of bright green when the camera is being used. So essentially, you hear the noise, you look for a green strobe light, and you go, there's the camera, and it just gets shot out like any other sort of device in the game. It's... Right. It's, it's generally only expected that you're sp- you're going to get, like, maybe two or three seconds of use out of it. Oh, maybe- oh yeah, not not even. There's, there was, not there was even loads like of footage of you, me you, just shooting lucky. it into random spots into the room, and the camera turning on, and it's just a black screen going, camera's been shot out, camera's been shot out. That's... <laughs> annoying yeah so it's 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 pretty you got to get at least like half a second of vision out of it for it to be useful right yeah like uh, i i you know uh, as you know i talk about this like enough for you to get a read on a room or something exactly you know? like, like, like there's someone like hiding the in that corner 
over there or like a... I've just, you know, I've just taken out this gadget. We can now blow open the wall or something like that. Yeah. Um, it took me about three days to actually get footage of me using the camera so I can use it in a fucking video. Like it is that useless wow. because it is so loud when it activates. Everyone knows that there's something in the room. Yep. Sam Fisher's used a camera somewhere in here. And as soon as you turn the camera on or if you're if someone on the team is dead, the you know, your eliminated team member can use the camera themselves. So as soon as you fire the camera, like, hey, I'm not using it, but the camera's gone. Your teammate's using it because he's fucking around with it. Um, so it's 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 pretty shit. He does have a really good gun. He's got his iconic, uh, the Splinter Cell SC-3000K, which is a, a, a gun that you can use in Splinter Cell. Um, it is a really, really good assault rifle that has a heap of scope attachments that come come in handy. Uh, his uh, secondary gadgets are his, uh, his cl- he can use a Claymore or two frag grenades. The frag grenades I found are great because you can use it to flank people or push people out of a room or out of a corner. So you can just wait, you know, on the other side of a wall, throw a gr- grenade around it, wait for them to run out of the room and just shoot them. Um, but his gadget is, is pretty shit seeing as he is Sam Fisher. Um, Sam Fisher, like his logo in the game when you pick Sam Fisher is the goggles and the goggles hang from his fucking backpack when I'm sitting there going, the goggles should be his fucking gadget. Like, you know, you, you play a Splinter Cell game and it's like, he can use night vision, he can use thermal vision and you can use sonar vision. Why can't you use those as his gadget? Like that's his big shtick is... His, his iconic look is him wearing the fucking goggles and they're just hanging from his fucking backpack in this game. <laughs> so, okay, just to... Not to play devil's advocate, I yeah. suppose, but if he was to... Because it's like a, it's a multiplayer game, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, five like on five, like a Call of Duty sort of thing. Yeah. So if, like, if he were able to use something like the thermal vision, it would have to be limited, wouldn't it? Like, you wouldn't be able to... It would be pretty op if they were able to use it like the whole yeah like how is are the rounds timed yeah that the rounds are three minutes off the top of my head it's been fucking years since i've played like rainbow six siege so is it what are they like five minutes or like 10 minutes three minute rounds competitive rounds or all right cool I shows you how much I fucking remember. <laughs> um, what I remember is how cool it looks when shit goes through walls. Oh yeah, That's when you I break open the wall and see all the dust particles, like how destructive everything great. is. Just playing that game with bots and blowing the fuck out of those levels is fun <laughs> as shit. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, I, you make a good point because it would have been like, are there many nighttime levels? Like, would there be, would there have been much use for the night vision well, side of the? Well, goggles? there used to be a like like house is a is an iconic map, and that used to be a daytime nighttime level. So like sometimes it's at night, okay. sometimes it's in the day. And does it use dynamic light? Like, can you blow out the lights to darken no, the room? No, you can't. Which is fuck. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? And there's, there's even a character. There you go. Uh, who's been reworked for for this DLC called Thatcher, and his big thing is he throws little EMP hand grenades that you know disable electronics and shit like that. So the big thing was like if you're playing competitively or you're playing casually, you generally have two people who can breach through the hard walls. But if they've got a, uh, a electric, you know, a battery attached to the wall, so you can't attach anything to it because it's electrified. Or if there's like a, mm. a signal jammer, you get the dude playing as Thatcher to throw a little EMP grenade. It destroys everything, and then they can just breach up against the wall and set up their devices and shit. Um, yeah, right. Neat. So Thatcher's been reworked for this DLC or for this sort of update that instead of actually destroying things, he only temporarily disables them before they reactivate after I think it's like 10 seconds or so. So it, be- it comes mm. becomes really crucial. But if you throw one of these gadgets, like of Thatcher's, Thatcher's gadgets, it doesn't, act, it doesn't trigger the lights in the room as well, which 
kind of fucking sucks. Um, yeah, like imagine how cool Sam, like imagine how much more relevant that would be to what Sam Fisher does if <laughs> Siege played with Shadow. Yeah, it, it does. And play with Light, you know. Yeah, and that's, that's the shame. problem. It's not doing enough with uh, with that character to actually bring him into this game. Yeah, it sounds like all of his all of his abilities are just completely useless or unsuited to the type of game that uh, Siege is. Well, it's 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 one of those things. Like every time a new DLC character releases, doesn't matter whether they're good or whether they're shit. The first week to two weeks, it's always a race of who loads to the loading screen to pick their character first because you know, <laughs> Sam Fish is going to be the first person to you know, to get picked, and then no one else can pick him. And now it's gotten to that stage where here we go. This can't pick Sam Fisher. Up, ah, he's dead. Up, ah, he's dead. Like it's it's <laughs> it's it's you realizing that the fifth guy out of your you know your five man team is fucking useless. And you're going, well, oh, cool. He's going to get some kills, and his frag grenades might come in handy. Or if you put the claymore by a window and someone jumps out of it, that might come in handy. But your camera is pretty shit. Um, mm. Where like they, there's an, a there's a defender called Pulse. He sort of does like the, the the movie Aliens. He pulls out a little heartbeat sort of motion tracker, and if anyone is close enough to him, it pings a heartbeat saying you know someone is here. Um, where I'm like, cool, take this defending character, put fucking goggles on him on him instead of a little you know heartbeat sensor, and make that Sam Fisher. Like that's the best way to go. Okay, you can't have Sam Fisher's sonar goggles be like you know 200 meters like it is in the game. Make it like. 10 meters and if someone's hiding behind a wall you can just flip the goggles on yep there's someone there um Mm. and the big thing for this game and it's it's pretty you know a lot of people say no it doesn't fucking happen is ubisoft tend to make characters so it doesn't outbalance the game when it comes to pro league because rainbow six siege is very pro league level um and if if someone's going if someone you know if sam fisher did have the goggles and he could see if there was someone hiding behind a wall for you know five seconds before he had to turn the goggles off then it would be like okay Cool. Well, how the hell do we get past Sam Fisher? Oh, he's he's on balance. He's cheating. All this mm. sort of shit. It's it's just a massive wasted opportunity that you've got an iconic character who's not voiced by Michael Ironside in this game as well. So it's it's it was a little bit of a bummer finding that out. But also he's not the the guy who's doing the voice of Sam Fisher is trying to sound like Michael Ironside, which is a lot better than <laughs> the shit we got in Splinter Cell Blacklist. Um, but it's it doesn't feel like you're playing a Sam Fisher. It feels like you're playing as he looks like a mixture of Dolph Lundgren and Pierce Brosnan put together. It it looks <laughs> fucking what? weird. It looks it doesn't look like him. It doesn't sound like him, but apparently it is him. Um, and his his gadget is just it's it it's fucking useless, man. I'm I'm not a big fan <laughs> of it. But all the other things that Ubisoft have done full siege that have made it a quality of life improvement for the game, I think have been really really good. Like uh, previously when, you know, I think the last time Fuzzy played was like when you're defending, each defender can reinforce two walls. That's it. They can't do anything else. Um, But now instead of everyone having two reinforcements each, there is a shared pool of reinforcements of 10. Um, So if someone in your defending team goes, I don't want to reinforce. I want to go set up traps randomly around the map. They can while the rest of the team still has 10 reinforcements to put up somewhere. So it's it's not like do your job reinforcing, then go do your traps. It's like no, go do your traps. We can that's reinforce in here while you go do that. Neat. So that's good. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty good update. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. But Sam Fish, he just fucking sucks, man. He is. <laughs> yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. 
He's got it tough, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, there we go. Um, so when when's the next uh, update due for this? This is, this is like obviously out two weeks ago. They they they're updating pretty frequently. Yeah, yeah they they generally do it about four times a year. Um, so mm-hmm. the the rumored or leaked uh, operator they haven't, of course, said what their name is, but it's going to be a defender, um, and it's going to be this this sort of like cool. Um, uh, I don't know how you technically pronounce it but she's she's got a robotic arm so she's a little bit like a like a winter soldier sort of character um so uh like she'll have a backstory where she, you know she's received some damage you know during some form of battle um and she had to have her arm amputated but she's been given a, like a winter soldier arm and a whole thing is that she can essentially bust down walls with a melee attack rather than like using an explosive or you know using something to blow up a wall she can just fucking punch it down um so that looks like it's going to be the new DLC character for the defending team, as well as um, a new Tachanka rework and all this sort of stuff. So it'll generally probably come around November, early December, I reckon, at this stage. Okay. Yeah, because I think I think Year Five started around March, so I think it'll be around November, December. Are they doing uh, any updates for the uh, the next gen stuff as well, or is it? Yeah, yeah, it is coming to next gen. um, So Mm -hmm. I'm. I'm looking. I'm, I don't know if I'm necessarily looking forward to it because I'm playing a lot of PC at the moment. And when I play on Xbox, because um, I've got sort of, you know, you know, when you play a first-person shooter on PC, you get the, you know, the reaction times go up a little bit because you're playing on PC. And then when you play on Xbox, mm-hmm. you're like, "Fuck, I'm moving so slow." It's <laughs> it's it's that sort of shit. So um, it is coming to the PlayStation Five as well, and it's coming to to the Xbox Series X. Um, it's going to have, a, you know, the graphical rework and all that sort of stuff. But if you're playing on PC, it's going to be no change because Xbox and PlayStation are trying to catch up to what they can do on PC now. Because PC, like, you blow open a wall and you yeah. can see all the dust particles and all this sort of shit and wood flying and all that sort of stuff. So, it's yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm, nice. That sounds awesome, man. Well, thank you for the update on that one. I think that's about it for this week. It's been a busy one. There's lots of news we've been discussing. We're very excited about new games coming out. Um, I am very excited also about a game that I've been playing at the moment. Um, it just got released this week. It's in like it's like almost alpha format. It's called Medieval Dynasty. Um, I've been playing a lot of that on the PC this week. That's been a lot of fun. Think think Skyrim, but without the dragons or magic. Um, and it's that's what it is. So it's lots of world building and like you know you get to make things and you know just be a guy hanging out in medieval times shooting bears. It's great. Nice, uh, so interesting. Play, <laughs> definitely worth checking out if you're into that kind of game. Um, it's sort of survival building stuff. So yeah, definitely a lot of fun. A survival game set in like medieval times. Yeah. Yeah, so the the survival elements aren't that drastic, um, but it is still very very early days. They are doing is it like much a ba- is it like kind of like a base building game, a bit like like a Conan Exiles, as much as I yeah. don't like that don't like <laughs> yeah. that game. Um, yeah, a, is it kind of like, like that, that or? A little, a little bit, bit like, like a that. rust or a, yeah right okay cool and you can recruit people into your village and all these NPCs and all these characters and do sort of uh, do all of that kind of stuff it's very that's an interesting setting for those types of games absolutely I think. and look I think the the best part about it is because it's in it's in an alpha format almost it's ready to go but uh, it's um, it's still got a lot of work to do they are doing daily updates so as soon as something goes wrong they're updating it the next day or they're putting yeah, improvements well. in all the time and they're they're communicating with the um, with the players so there's a lot of communication with the devs and they're doing a great job to keep up with it so one of those games kind of it'll be kind of like getting on the floor, ground floor of no man's sky like that same kind of thing so if you're into those kind of games 
medieval dynasties are out now on the PC. A lot of fun to play. Um, definitely recommend that one. Neat. Um, so yes, well, look, that's it from this, us this week, James. Thank you for joining us, mate. Can hey, you uh, let the people know where to find you? What's going on? Yeah, sure. Uh, I suppose you can find me on. Uh, well, you can find my podcast uh, called Video Game Small Talk. Um, I don't know in places where podcasts are. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm also uh, I'm also on Twitter. You can follow me at j underscore swinbanks, where I tweet about video games most of the time. I expect to Lots follow. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of you flying around um, at the moment, so it's, it's been. Oh yes, indeed. Yeah, there'll be plenty more. Um, there'll be a few more shots uh, of. I'm pl- I am planning on uh, doing a flight this weekend, so I'll uh, I'll do another thread of that. Except it's going to be kind of a. Well, I don't know. Maybe it'll be a boring one because it's only going to be over water. I'm doing Queenstown back to Hobart. So it, if the weather's clear, then it will be a boring flight. If it's not clear, <laughs> then it's going to be a fucking long ass flight, it's like a thousand nautical miles. So hours oh. of sunshine and two tones of blue. That's about yeah, pretty much. That's going to be it. It's going to be like, hey, I'll, I'll I'll post a screenshot an hour and be like, nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find flying into into Queenstown? Because that goes down into a fucking mountain. Absolutely range. fucking terrifying. I didn't know. I didn't realize at i had no idea it was one of the most dangerous approaches in the world so i'm just sitting here happily tweeting away like oh look at how look at all of this like uh because i like to like take uh, exactly like i like to take shots of like stuff that i'm flying over like i'll look at it on the map and i'll tweet about like oh where this place is this is like a certain lake or this is a certain you know certain mountain range or whatever and, um, you know, so I'm just happily looking at the maps and doing that. And then I'm like, oh, okay, so uh, Queenstown's coming up. I better get ready for this approach. Oh, there sure are a lot of hills around. Uh, <laughs> and I, oh, so the, okay, so the, the runway is like five miles away and I still can't see it yet. There's still a lot of hills here. That's, oh, okay. Oh, it's right fucking below you. And then as soon as I realized like what the approach was like, um, yeah, I think I think I took a screenshot. One of my screenshots was just like me nose diving down to get down at a at a reasonable level. Just like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm probably gonna die on my second flight. What am I doing? <laughs> uh, but no, we we're able to we we're able to get in there. Okay, that's it was definitely a it was a thing though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excellent. Well, uh, looking forward to uh, seeing some more of your exciting adventures, mate, uh, through the air and through crazy airports around the world it'll be interesting most definitely (laughs) excellent well we'll be back next week to talk about more video games all sorts of new updates and more i'll be playing some no man's sky duty will be playing lots of other things we are going to be doing a run through on uh, f1 2020 uh we're doing uh, is it bahrain this week it is bahrain there's uh, there's a lot of good straights in bahrain so hopefully i don't get you take fucking uh, done by perez again (laughs) do you take blow-ins what's that sorry do you take blow-ins Oh, I think we might have to. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll talk off. That. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll be back anyway to talk all about that next time. Until that time, this is Fuzzy Dan reminding you that if you're not getting the best approach uh, into your flight path for a landing at Queenstown Airport, you got to get good. Oh, yeah, that's me. Uh, and this is Judy reminding you <laughs> that um, if you like Sam Fisher in the. Uh, uh, 
Rainbow Six Siege. Sorry, I've had a couple of drinks. Uh, if you like Sam Fisher oh in God. Rainbow Six Siege, then just remember it's it's cool to like things, but you're wrong. <laughs>